Welcome to the Playtest Podcast. I'm Dane Kabika, and today we are joined by Kostas and Sarah to talk about their point-and-click adventure game, Theropods. Why don't you guys start by uh, kind of introducing yourselves and what you do on uh, Theropods. Awesome. So they, well, I guess I'm starting. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm Costas. Um, I, I do on, what I do on Theropods is uh, game design, writing, and uh, the animation. Okay. Uh, and yeah, we, and uh, basically it's me and Sarah are both like the, the game designers in this game. Okay, cool. And Sarah? I'll let Sarah right? talk now, sorry. <laughs> I'm Sarah. I'm Sarah online. I go by the name Tiny Stuffs. Mm. I do pixel art. Um, I do the, yeah, I help design the game, but I also do the the character art and animation. Okay, but cool. When Costa when says he does the animation, he does the, the, what do you call it, the rough animation, like in um, 2D, you know, line art kind of thing. Oh, okay. And I do the pixel very, very rough, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, because I'm I'm not good at all with uh, making art like polished and finalized, and Sarah's really good at this. So, mm-hmm. so I just like put out the animations like uh, as rough as they can, and then we collaborate together, and that's that's in the end it just looks nice. So who who's doing like like the programming and stuff like that? Like you have other teammates, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay, so our other teammates, um, uh-huh. we don't actually have a programmer for the the demo. I did the programming. Oh, really? In a, an engine called Adventure Game Studio. Yes. Okay. Um, I just we decided to remake the demo because uh, we'd had a bit of difficulties with previous programmers and not, and it ended up not looking how we wanted it to look. Mm-hmm. So, kind of just decided to to take on on myself with no programming experience, <laughs> and I learned how to use it and made the demo. Um, so yeah, we are, we are thinking about looking for a. Uh, an actual programmer to so on the full thing how is jumping into Adv- adventure game studio is it i mean is it actually code and or is there how's that um, work so i i thought it would be like okay so i've i've tried picking up unity before and that's just so confusing sure. so compared to that it's a lot easier but the thing is i thought there wouldn't be that much actual coding involved or like mm. not a lot of it but there is a lot um there's a lot that you can do just within, you know, the interface and all that, but there is still a lot of coding you need to do, the scripting and all that. But and you, you had like to a... just get into it and try to start yeah. learning. Mm-hmm. It was tough, but like there's an amazing um, community that comes with it and the forums are full of useful. Um, I didn't actually post anything on the forums because I was like, felt like I was too newbie and like my, my questions weren't good. <laughs> but I'd always, I'd normally always find that someone had already asked the question and I could find a, a helpful answer or there's the what do you call it the manual that comes with it which is massive but um oh, really okay. yeah the, the, there's a this it's it makes it a lot yeah pretty easy do you think I, you guys would be a long time you think you guys would be uh continuing with adventure game studio when you start getting into the uh broader project yeah um i'd like to but like the only the issues that comes with it is porting mm-hmm, right. um but People are actually working on port, um, doing porting for like Switch, but like it's not, it's not. Um, I don't know if there's many people doing it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's 
pretty oh. new. So we, we'd like to, but it kind of depends if we get a programmer on board, we need to talk to them about it and see what's best. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. AGS at the moment ports at PC, uh, like I know it ports for Mac too, with a little uh, work. Mm -hmm. uh, I know it uh, ports for Linux, but yeah, you need to find the people that actually know how to do this and uh, I see. And do right. it like that. It's not like, yeah, because Unity is called Unity because it just like does exports to everything easily. And mm -hmm. that's like one of the pluses. Uh, but yeah, it's a bit, uh, yeah, it's a bit trickier for a game. As Sarah said, we tried with Unity and we tried using this plugin called Adventure Creator. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, through other programmers, uh, which by the way, like uh, we did have difficulties. And one of the reasons was that we couldn't pay them. And fair enough, like, you know, they had to move on to projects that actually pay. So that's one of the reasons we're actually doing this Kickstarter now to be able to fund the to fund the programming aspect of it. Oh, okay. Uh, but cool. yeah, but yeah, we're after like researching a little bit more of AGS, uh, and if we can find a way to port stuff, then we're probably we might stick with it actually because yeah, it's been it's been pretty good to us so far. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's been it's really interesting because I've tried to look into Unity and Unreal and all those different type of programs, and it's they're completely different from each other. As long as yeah. you, I mean, you can learn a code, but then you have to work with the system, and yeah, it just seems like so much. But what <laughs> that brings to like, what what are your guys' backgrounds as creators before Theropods? Well, we met um, on an animation course, an animation degree. So, oh, okay. Yeah, in the UK. Oh, that's so cool. We were in the, yeah, so we were, we met in the course there. We did animation, and then we, uh, yeah, we. I mean, it, not immediately, but we thought since we both know how to animate, that games have animation, so we might as well try and do something that's interactive and uses animation, because we were. Yeah, because you were know. doing two D animation, and I was doing stop motion animation with puppets. Which is like totally, <laughs> totally different. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and there are some adventure games with like stop motion. Yeah, I've I, seen I that. I cannot imagine that. Like, they look amazing, but the amount of work that would have been involved in it is and crazy. And the elaborate sets that they have to create. Yeah. Yes. It's insane. It's really impressive. Yeah, it really is. So, when you guys, so uh, have you done anything before, you know, that class, that course that, um, like, because I know, Kostas, you have some, like, uh, short films and stuff, right? Right. I I actually did that after um, animation because oh, okay. uh, I I felt like in our animation school they were uh, kind of encouraging us to do um, films uh, mm -hmm. as part of our uh, you know every year you had to submit a film. Sure. So they were like, yeah, either one minute, two minutes, because animation takes so much time, so it had to be very short. So through that, I think it really helped me with like you know storyboarding and coming up with stories and uh, you know it's it's basically kind of directing but with drawings. And then I thought that uh, I could also try using a camera instead of, you know, drawing every frame. And I could just like, it would be a bit faster if I mm -hmm. shot someone. I didn't have to draw him blinking and he actually blinked. For yeah, right. Um, yeah, so I, I started, yeah, I started doing some short films and enjoying it a lot. And uh, eventually, uh, yeah, I, I, I shot a few years ago a feature film. Oh, okay. Um, in Greece, obviously. So, uh, which uh, because like it was, it was pretty like it was an amazing experience because it's nothing like school can offer you doing a feature film. Oh sure, uh, all these all this knowledge you get from right. Um, but so it went, it was it went pretty well, I guess. It went on to cinemas, so it was pretty cool. Really, uh, but but yeah, but and it was also an action film, which you know, in mm -hmm. Greece you don't really have any. 
Oh yeah. Uh, but also because you don't really have a film industry in Greece, it wasn't really a sustainable career for me. Uh, so yeah, I had to move on to other stuff. No, that's too Which bad. Is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah, but but it's basically storytelling, which I really love doing. So oh, sure. Like one of the reasons for why I really like this game is because we're doing you know jungles and dinosaurs and and space pods and stuff, and I don't really need a budget to if I would be making a movie to do all that, mm -hmm. which I would never be able to do without animation. So that, that's <laughs> right. Fun. That's yeah. so cool. Cool. So after that project, do you think that's what it kind of? Uh, launched you into that mindset to where you're like, you know, yeah, you can do more elaborate things with video games. Yeah, I think also that like what I took from uh, from doing films is uh, kind of like explaining your vision to other people and how useful it is to have a team that, you know, all, everyone collaborates together because even more so in films, you can't do it. You can't be a one person and make a film like you definitely need some you know, you need more people. Right. Um, so it was very, yeah, it, w it was like through ex ex experimenting with all that, it was very interesting to, you know, express what you want to achieve creatively and talk to other people and communicate and collaborate. And I think that really helped and see like the scope of a project and what it's like to be finished and to criticize yourself about, you know, what took too long, what didn't, how you managed everything. Mm -hmm. So I think it's kind of like poured into game uh, development about organizing a project and getting a team together and uh, look at the workload and assigning it. So I, I think that was really good to learn from all that. So do you think going from guerrilla style outside filming, you know, trying to make a film to back to your desk and have more of a... Um almost a criticized workload is it a completely different world or do you think a lot of things cross over kind of I, I mean that point was one of the reasons i switched from animation to films was that yeah it was just like very lonely and it was just you and your desk uh mm -hmm. with four months and you never socialized much with everyone right uh but i'm not but seeing i don't know like i, I it's kind of the same with game design but when you can actually go to um uh, game festivals and you can have like a demo of your game there and you can get interact with people you can see it play you can see them play live right so this is a whole different experience from like you know being in a cinema with other people and watching your film mm -hmm. i think just like being next to them and watching them play is also kind of i don't know it's kind of mind-blowing to experience exp experience as if for the first time right. what you've been making for ages and ages and ages but it's an interactive experience so Right, so the I complete difference of watching a film and having somebody yeah, actually touch it, right? Exactly, yeah, it's 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 really cool. That's why I really like sometimes when we watch Let's Plays or our own stuff, which is sure. like, it's kind of like, yeah, it's... Because you, when you watch... When it's a film, you never watch the audience watching the film. You watch the film with them and maybe you listen to them. But yeah, if you actually see them play, it's, it's really cool. Right, that's cool. And Sarah... Um... What is your background as far as uh, you said? Have you always done uh, animation and art? Um, not necessarily animation, but I've always done art, just mm -hmm. in in any any sense. Like I did the stop motion animation. I really enjoyed the actual building of the sets and making puppets. I do um, sculpture, like oh, okay. the sculpture that makes that sound like um, not like right. crazy stuff. It's, <laughs> it's just like. Yeah, you know, polymer clay that you bake in. The yeah, 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 like stuff. Uh, like claymation stuff like that. But I don't animate with it. Oh, I just okay. Build, like little little sculptures and things like I that. I see. Um, 
And what else do I do? I paint. I do watercolor paintings of animals. Okay. Um, yeah, just like a whole variety of stuff like that. I just like creating. <laughs> so what is it like going from just creating like stuff like you were talking about, um, uh, that kind of art from having it to be interactive? What is that like um, for you? Yeah, it's it's strange, right? It's, it's great, <laughs> and it's really well. Yeah, I mean, firstly, like the fact that I went from doing art-related things like stop, like building puppets or models, and um, my even my paintings are very, very detailed. Mm -hmm. um, going from that to like pixel art, like I don't even know <laughs> why I picked up pixel art and decided yeah. to, to start playing around with that, and not even you know, detailed pixel art. It's like the chunky low-res. <laughs> right, right. I don't even know, like, why I started it, but I really, really enjoy it. And it's kind of a, um, what's the word? A challenge to create something in, like, you know, to create, like, a character in, like, 10 pixels or something. Yeah. I don't know how many, but... Um, <laughs> and make them expressive, too, and all that. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. I, I like the challenge of that. But, yeah, then taking that and, like, creating a game, especially, like, um, programming it as well. Mm -hmm. I hated that. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it at first, I, at first, because it's like, oh, I just put the background in, and I put like the character in, and I can walk around. And then you then get bogged down once all the the backgrounds are out with like all the right the, the AI and and things like that. And it's I, I hated that so much. But once it was done, <laughs> and that's like, when you're like, said, we yeah. have to pay somebody. We have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, to but like when to... we. <laughs> Mm -hmm. To jump in, I just want to say that Sarah did an amazing job, like considering that someone that she had to learn this in a year. Like, yeah, it was a bit unfair. The programming. To go from, <laughs> yeah, it was a bit unfair to like come and do the project with pixel artist and end up being the programmer. Mm -hmm. So she, she, she definitely took one for the team to like uh, learn and do that. Yeah, where were you? Yeah. You were just drawing and stuff, I, and you're like, was, learn I code. <laughs> yeah, I was hating anime. I was hating programming so oh. much. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I didn't. Even, I didn't even try to say that I would try. No, it. we talked about that. And I was like, hey, AGS is a thing. You know, why don't we try and like we can together like try and and work out how to program and see if it's a doable thing to just do it ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, why don't you? <laughs> Got him to download it. I tried it out a bit. I was like, hey, like, open it up. And like, um, and I told him, like, what to do. And it's like instantly, like, no. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> he no, just it's... couldn't, couldn't yeah. do it. I don't blame him. Like, you need to be in have the right mindset yeah, and everything for it. For and sure. like, I don't know. Yeah, especially I mean, coming from like yeah. such a creative background, right? So you're like jumping into like a whole entire different world, really. That's why I was so surprised I was actually able to pick it up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I'm not sure I would have been would able be to. I'm not sure I would have been able to with Unity. I, I had actually tried in Flash before. I did a tiny bit of action script a long, long time ago, and I tried making like a simple little game, um, and I, I just couldn't finish it because mm -hmm. it was like this little crab that rotated around like following your mouse, <laughs> but I couldn't work out how to make a border on the screen so he'd go off the screen and just disappear. <laughs> so I just gave up on that for like... Yeah, yeah. but th then again, it's not like your flash skills would be needed today because the flash kind of disappeared, <laughs> which is a bummer, yeah. but yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the, the, we actually had, um, we did a version of the game uh, in 2015. Oh, really? Um, yeah, sorry, just going back to this because uh, there it wasn't flash, that's why I'm mentioning it. Right. And the very first version of this game, when we had a programmer back then, when Flash was actually, you know, still uh, being around. Sure. Uh, we we joined uh, uh, Adventure Jam, which is a competition where you have to two weeks to make a game. And this is the very first time we we started with this project with Theropods. We were like, yeah, okay, we always wanted to make an adventure game, so 
this is, you know, there's a deadline there, so we mm -hmm. can actually do it. We put together a team, which was basically us, uh, Zach Striefel, which is our our musician, and uh, uh, Seething Swarm, which is his nickname, which was our programmer for Flash. And uh, yeah, and uh, we did this game in two weeks. So that's the first, you know, version of Therapods and Flash. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. And what do you think uh, uh, influenced you to make a game like Theropods and um, especially in the style of the art and game design? Yeah, um, it, I, I don't like, okay, so we, I mean, I, I guess, I'm not, I'm not, I don't remember if Sarah wanted it too mu that much, but I really wanted to make a game with dinosaurs. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I, and, and definitely in 2D, because I don't know, I just, it was an excuse to draw dinosaurs and I thought it would be good uh, obstacles in a game. Sure. And, you know, I, 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 I don't know, I, I really loved Dino Crisis when I was growing up. Oh, too. God, was, yeah. That was the coolest thing ever. To just like, yeah. Terrifying. Even if you were, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was crazy. It was basically, yeah, Resident Evil, but with dinosaurs. I know, like, right? <laughs> exactly. Especially, I never played the first one, but I played the second one and I loved it. Um, so, yeah, we, we thought also for an adventure game that would be a really cool idea uh, to do. Because, uh, it, like, we obviously we we need to have some sort of humans into it mm -hmm. to be able to, you know, like, kind of follow up a story. Sure. Uh, because, you know, you could do dinosaurs, but I don't know, like, I, I couldn't really... You know what? Talking dinosaurs. Dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but the thing is that we didn't have talking humans either because we thought that the, the idea of having, like, a primitive tribe right. would mean that they wouldn't really have English. Mm -hmm. So they would have to communicate kind of like... Uh, in the Sims, where it's like a made-up language, right? right. Still, but but we would like take advantage of our knowledge with animation to like emote uh, the characters, so they would be uh, telling the player basically what they feel or what they do or what they think about uh, about this item or this problem or whatever. Right. So the idea was to kind of make it try and make a silent game, and it came organically in the style of it because, uh, as Sarah said, like she was experimenting with pixel art for a while, and. Uh, I think at the time of the Adventure Jam, Sarah was like joining a different team, but the last second it fell apart and I was going to do this uh, anyway because I was with a programmer. But I was going to do it in my own 2D style, which was really, you know, Rust. And then Sarah like came on board uh, the team and, you know, having pixels was a no-brainer with her skill. Mm -hmm. So we kind of like, uh, so that's how the, the look of it kind of came around. Okay, that's really I cool. Guess. That's cool. Sorry, I, I'm talking over Sarah. I hope I'm, I don't interrupt you. Or anything. Do you wanna, just let me know. Oh, I just wanted to say that, like, as far as, as the fact that it's an adventure game, a point-and-click adventure game, right? like, is because we love we love point-and-click adventure games. Like, it yeah. was, we've always actually, like, wanted to make one. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And what kind of uh, adventure game, uh, point-and-click adventure games are you guys, like, uh, most influenced by? Monkey Island. No, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. No brainer, huh? Curse of no, Monkey I... Island, especially. I guess I don't know. Like for me. Like, oh, really? I really? Like yeah. that one? No, we're 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 on the same uh, page with that. Yeah, we. I don't know. Like the first time I played the Curse of Monkey Island, and I realized that it's basically a cartoon that's interactive. Yeah, but, right. Like, so that's a good to the animation. I I, I was mm -hmm. I really love this. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's the first one because, and that's funny you say that because you're going more of like the the most pixelated art style, you know, yeah. which is <laughs> true. But but in an anime in an animation style, I think we kind of have the same principles as Curse of Monkey Island because we're I think we have more animation than most adventure games. Like it's uh, there's we, a lot we really of animation. love frame by frame <laughs> animation in it, and and we thought that even if like for example a character who would uh, talk to you, he would go like. Uh, uh, oh, this door is locked, but we actually have to have the character try and push the door and struggle and then get frustrated. And this is like an, a little animation that we have to make for this. So right. we did make it harder for ourselves, but, you know, I think it's kind of kind of rewarding for the player to see all those little animations every time and they give them. They get they get feedback. Yeah, it's funny. Really it's like funny you say that because it's not like you in adventure games or point and click games that you get like, oh, try this, and you see the character kind of like fail at it. It's more of like, oh, this item doesn't work with that, and then it'll be like some like yeah. smug like comment, you know. So yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, or or sometimes what I noticed lately, which okay, uh, fair enough. Some you know teams want to save up in animation, so it's little tricks. So it's like uh, a character finds a spot to dig and they have a shovel and it's like, oh, this is going to take a long time. And then it fades to black and then it goes back and there's a hole. <laughs> right. So like, obviously you're not going to sit around and watch that for 10 minutes, but you know, it's kind of like, uh, we do like making it harder on ourselves because we enjoy making the animations. And I think ultimately the players enjoy watching these animations. Sure, that's what makes you it know? unique, right? Yeah, and I think it's kind of like a little visual reward for the players so every time you do something right you see a little new animation and that keeps you motivated to keep playing mm -hmm. yeah and you know talking about like curse of monkey and i i think um really i think why uh full throttle talked to me so much is because mm -hmm. um because you had so much animation in that game yeah you, know? you yeah. had the cutscenes were amazing too they like, were yeah. they were and they and they were so detailed and they had amazing voice acting so you felt like a lot more immersed than like monkey yeah where exactly i felt like you had more like uh like the first monkey you feel like uh it's more static you know it's yeah more... but but you know it's technology again. yeah that too it's kind of unfair to compare them but i guess sure. like curse of mike Island, for example it was similar to full throttle even like with the cinematic sequences right. Right. That were all like really nicely directed, and the voice acting was impeccable. Right. Yeah. So, it, yeah. I love, like, I agree with you. I love those kind of uh, anime, like, uh, adventure games that feel like almost like cartoons or movies. Sure. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, it's funny. I, I it's adventure games, what they're so unique to, uh, to me as well, because I'm kind of the younger generation that really didn't get to see that, but I had older cousins that were like, oh, check this game <laughs> out. And like, Full Throttle was like blew me away. So I've been like a super fan, yeah. of, like ever since I was a young kid. So I was able, I was actually able to meet Tim Schafer at this, uh, wow. this, this art gallery that he was doing for Broken Age, and that's like, Whoa. yeah, I have a picture with him, and I tried, I, to I tried hey. telling my fiance I was gonna put it on my desk, but she said no. But, um, <laughs> Put it instead 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 of your fiance, put him safe. <laughs> yeah, just a cutout. <laughs> he doesn't understand. It's fine. I know. She. I think she does. If I did it, I really think she would just just shake her head. Really, but but no, it's cool oh, to man, see yeah. like so many people being influenced by those games that I felt I was alone in what I liked, mm. and so it's like Aww. because they're so unique and like. I, all my friends, they would look at that and be like, "What do you mean? We're playing GTA. I don't. Even, I wouldn't even touch that." You know? <laughs> I play GTA too. But, <laughs> yeah, me too. But you know what I mean? Like, it, I, I it, it it was a bit uh, like it was a bit different for me 
not in that like when I started playing, for example, Curse of Monkey Island, like I was back in school, and like the internet was like super new back then, so mm-hmm. it wasn't even like uh, much of a thing. Mm-hmm. But I remember, like, uh, I think I like passed around the CD to my friends, and they were all like kind of playing it. Mm-hmm. And then because we didn't have any walkthroughs, we were all kind of you know it was up for grabs what right. was going on in the game. Whoever went far ahead they would be the ones who would have the knowledge of what happens in the game. Right. So I just remember like having like random classmates of mine calling me at home and saying, Hey man, I'm stuck here. What (laughs) what do you do? Can you give me any hint? So I was just trying to give them hints without like foiling it. Right. Right. So yeah, I I was like the go-to person in my class, like asking hints about Curse of Monkey Island and stuff like that. That's so great. But that was, that was really fun. (laughs) Not having any walkthroughs and just like, yeah. Well, that also brings me to, um, like a problem I have with some point and click games. Well, when they remastered the monkey games, they like had a help button. And it was like, once you found that, you're like, no, I don't want to touch it, but uh, I have to. But, you know, I think the fun too, and the the point of like design in a game is to be able to kind of walk people around that and kind of give them enough like hints in the story to, and that's what like makes, makes that experience. And like you yeah, were saying, like not having the internet moment. and stuff, you know, you don't you don't want to look yeah. that stuff up because it spoils it. No, it's all it is a very 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 hard to maintain mm-hmm. of like not spoon feeding players, but at the same time not being vague enough mm-hmm. because right. and there's also like unless you play this the game, you can you can never know because like sometimes you give a like we saw this with our demo for example that we we thought we were pretty clear on giving clues and hints. And then, for example, like maybe there's a hint that it's kind of like part of an animation or a cutscene. And if the person misses that, then they just miss the hint. Right. And then we thought like we're pretty clear and then they missed it. And I was like, okay, now that they missed it, there's nothing to tell them that. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. So so it's very tricky. Like you have to play this sometimes and see like other people have to play this and, and you have to like see where you screwed up and go back to the drawing board. So it's I I understand the need for walkthroughs in general, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, like I I think like the best example of a walkthrough within a game for me, I don't know if there's a better one, but uh, I don't know if you played Machinarium. Oh um, yes, yes. Yeah, they they have this little book which is like a mini game. Oh, I know, right? To get through, and and even then, it doesn't even tell you like what it is. It just shows you like a map, right? You have to. Yeah, that you kind of have to put together to kind of vaguely find out what to do. So that was kind of a smart idea. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's a new puzzle to solve the puzzle, but yeah, it's kind of (laughs) nice. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I think that it's like so unique and I would have never thought about that myself, but... You know, it's also you guys are trying, you're struggling, not struggling, but you're um, putting yourself in this position where if you don't use uh, voice or text, it's all through, yes. like you said, animation. And so you're telling a story through gestures and um, the story that's unfolding in the scenery, which is really unique to, um, you know, your game because what you're used to is be people giving hints or talking to somebody to kind of get an idea or yeah know. and it's also kind of a crutch sometimes i think like you know mm-hmm. it's it's like i don't want to say it's kind of the easy way but sometimes you can it gives you the 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 way to be a bit lazy with a hint sometimes uh or but yeah like i know it's tough for us but at the same time like we we do have voice we do have sound to give you hints sure even if we don't have voice and words 
Like so, so if a character like uh, goes like, hmm, like you can express that they're thinking about something as if the player is on the right track, but they haven't solved it exactly. Right. So we can give subtle hints to the player even with some voice acting, even if it's not words. Sure. So, but we're basically trying to use every trick in the book to just like get our point across. Well, also that you don't have to worry about um, paying for localization if the game were to yes. have voices. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we still have to, I guess, but it's not as much as, you know, it's if it's menus and like, you know, yeah. stuff like right. that, then it would right. be way easier than other games where... Yeah, I, yeah, like loads of dialogue trees. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I was looking at... Uh... Yeah, we got no dialogue trees, only normal <laughs> trees in the game. <laughs> <laughs> only trees. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was talking to... I don't know if you're familiar with... Uh, I think you follow them on Twitter, but, you know, the game Gibbous, the Cthulhu Adventure. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we, 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 we know it's other, you know, online, but yeah, definitely. Right, right. And, you know, it's uh, he was talking about how he had to localize it and have different voice actors. And I just couldn't imagine, first of all, how much money that would cost. Then you have to worry about talent. You know, is somebody that you know, speaks it speaks Portuguese? Is are they a good actor? Act the yeah. <laughs> yeah, and how do you portray like that Romanian like sense too? You know, that's in like this. You know, yeah. it's just really interesting. How many languages? Oh, I, like I, I suspected they would have different voice acting. No, they actually fully voice acted the game in many different languages. But I knew they localized it at least in. Text, I'm not sure specifically, crazy. but I know he's. I'm pretty sure he said something about having a few different. So yeah, wow, it's just that's like, crazy though. Nuts, but yeah, no, I I think it's. Uh, you say it's lazy, but honestly, I think it's like unique. Honestly, I, people are gonna lo start looking at it as lazy if you say it's lazy. <laughs> but no, um, no, I don't. I I mean, I mean you. I mean you can get lazy with giving hints in your uh, adventure game I see. by having the player saying. I can't do that or no. Oh, I see you what know, you mean. Simply by oh, yeah, the other way around. I mean. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm not saying that you know people are lazy for you know, <laughs> talking in their games. It's just that it kind of lets you you know relax sometimes. Like you see it in some games where they can't be bothered to say no, I can't do that, mm -hmm. and it's like a general line that you can use in like four different items. Yeah. Like that. Right. Right. So um, there's obviously been like a growing um amount of point and click games throughout the well like throughout just even the last few years what do you think it is about like point and click games that keep coming back and people are still uh attaching to it um sarah i have some theories but go you want to go ahead <laughs> you go on i don't know i can't <laughs> think of anything i know why i well, like them but like yeah I, I think it's because, like, first of all, all the people who were playing adventure games were about our age, and now they're grown up and they can make their own. So that's what they're doing. Oh, okay. Uh, I also think that uh, because of, like, uh, I also think Kickstarter is a big part of it because, like, now you can definitely find your own audience and they can finance you mm -hmm. if you want to make such a small game. And, you know, I think they literally kickstarted the whole thing was Golden Aids with, you know, be doing amazingly well on Kickstarter, right? And then slightly restarting adventure games again, right? At least, if I'm not mistaken, like uh, I guess the second coming of adventure games came around there. Wow, um, you, you've thought of these questions before. I'm pretty sure. Well, I was, <laughs> why, I, I was wondering myself why adventure games are back in action, but uh, I think I think these are the reasons for me that like most people at our age were grew up playing those games and now they they love them so much and they want to make them like we did mm -hmm. and that you see that it's also like 
also the audience is our own age too. Yeah. And right. that you see that there they have there's a market now. So even if it's not a huge market, people love them and they want more. And that's pretty cool. What do you like you're not alone, as you said. What do you think as you know, because it is a niche genre, um what do you think you will do, uh, you guys will do for on your game that'll try to um pull in the younger uh, crowd that doesn't, you know, hasn't ever played a point and click game. Is there things that you can mm-hmm. think of? Dinosaurs. <laughs> there you go. Straightforward. Dinosaurs and colors. Um, right. Well, we, we, we are, we, I was going to say that uh, one lesson we learned when we we're making the game jump version of the game, for example, was uh, I'll, I'll use an example that everyone in adventure game knows, mm-hmm. like, you go to your inventory and you can combine items together, right? Right, right. Uh, so we, we had a puzzle like that in the Game Jam version, mm-hmm. but we never kind of had any tutorial for it because, you know, it's obvious to sure. us. Sure. And then I had some people play, friends of mine that have never done this before, like they've never played an adventure game before, and they got stuck at the point where they had to combine items. And, and then I kind of like, I was like, yeah, of course, like I never took them by the hand and told them, hey, you can actually go to this inventory and use items together. Like it shouldn't be. It's not obvious if you haven't played games like that. Is my point. Sure. So, so what we're trying to do with our game, at least, is that we're gonna like you have. To, I think to be a good game developer, you have to be a, kind of a good teacher. Uh, like to teach the person who picks up. Like you have to assume that the person who picks up your game picks it up for the first time, and kind of tell them like, okay, you click here to walk. Good, and then you do this. Like it doesn't have to be like a twenty-minute tutorial. It can sure. be like really simple. Mm-hmm. But you have to set up your rules. Like you shouldn't assume that they know them. Right. So I think this is a thing we take into consideration. We want people to like have an easy transition into the game and then pick up the pace and then like you know be able to do whatever they want in it because we gave them the tools to do it. Yeah, honestly, I think like uh, the only way I've seen that done is like well, for instance, in like Mechronarium, I think they use like a thought bubble. Like, oh, hmm, yes. you know? Because, I mean, but, now that I think about it, they have no talking in that game, so... No, no, they, compared to us, they used... Uh, yeah, we don't have the resolution to do that. Uh, we tried, but uh, mm. they also... Like, the, the first puzzle also is very limiting, so uh, a, a good tutorial on those kind of games is basically, like, usually the first puzzle is locking a person in a room mm-hmm. so they, they don't have too much uh, complication in the puzzle and they can get to learn the rules. And even I think in Machinarium, you like, I think in the first puzzle, you just don't even have a, arms or legs. So you're just trying to. Right, right, right. So even the walking distance you can walk is limited. So they, they, they put you in a tiny box. So you have no option but to click on like three different things and then you learn about it. Like for like Curse of Monkey, where you're stuck in like the, yeah, uh, exactly. know, that one little room and you're trying to get out of the boat. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I never thought of that before. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's it's one of the it's one of the the easiest ways to, <laughs> to just lock them in a room and let them get out. Yeah, but, right. Uh, They'll end up clicking yeah. on something and start puts you know two exactly. and two together. Right. The, the problem with that is making a game that's too crammed with those kind of rooms. Uh, but and the opposite problem is having too much of a huge map and people get lost in it. Right. So yeah, there needs to be a balance with mm-hmm. this. I think. So. Um... What would you think both either of your guys' like uh, favorite aspects about video games are? Like, obviously, you guys have a skill set completely, well, not, like, sort of sim- similar, but also different. Like, for instance, um, Kosas, you 
come from making films and Sarah, you're more on like the art side. Um, what do you think it is about video games that kind of pique your interest the most anyways? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> most likely for me, it is the art. Uh-huh. Okay. It has to look good, but obviously that's not all there is to the game. Sure. Um, but that that's like the first thing that will draw me in. How important? Yeah, true. How important? Yeah, true for me too. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, you're all right. Um, how important to you is like the the player's uh, perspective, or um, you know, them playing through the game, and uh, do you get a lot of joy from like, you know, their excitement? Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Very much. Like I watched a um a playthrough of our game of the demo that we have on Kickstarter at the moment. Right. Um. And yeah, the guy was like getting so excited about it and was like <laughs> talking about the, the sound effects as well. And like, um, yeah, that just like every little, like he, actually he was like really amazing to watch because like every little thing that we were intending. doing, like and in, intending, like hoping that the player would, would realize what to do and everything. He was like just getting it all. Like he was understanding oh, really? like everything okay. and knowing exactly what needed to be done. That's great. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Like, that's that's what I... Um, really like enjoy from doing this mm -hmm. like i'm i'm making this game set like it's the kind of game that i would play that i'd enjoy but yeah to be able to like create something and then share it with everyone else and obviously not everyone's gonna like it you mm -hmm. always get people out there who are not who are gonna have issues yeah with it. Right. but yeah it's it's just amazing like seeing other people enjoy it yeah that's cool what about you Kostas? yeah same uh, uh, to to expand what sarah said like uh i, I kind of enjoy also um sort of like manipulating your audience. Like for example, I think in both of our game jam and our demo, we, we tease the player that they can like, kind of like hunt a dinosaur and harm them. It's <laughs> kind of like, like you, you, like they're sitting in front of you and you have to pull out your spear and click with them. <laughs> so you, as a player, like, I know that you don't know what exactly what's going to happen. Uh, so, and like, it's, it's crazy because every time we play test it with people, some people are like, oh, yeah, I get to kill him. <laughs> like, oh, crap, I don't want to kill them. So it's, uh, I really love teasing them with stuff like that. And we, we, we love to have this in our games because uh, it's, it's always different from different personalities. Mm -hmm. uh, but th this is also what I love about uh, games because the, the interactivity of it and that compared to a movie, you just have to like think for a second. Or these like aha moments that you get when you play adventure games where you go like, oh yeah, of course I should have thought of that. Right. Which I think is also like one example of like good puzzles are puzzles that in hindsight, they felt like they were pretty, they made sense that they were smart. Right. And, and we do want to make the player feel smart after doing this. So th this is also like, audience, I think gamers experience is really big for us. That's cool. That's cool. So yeah. is, is this the first Kickstarter that you guys have ever ran? Yes. <laughs> Is it like terrifying? Oh, for for me actually, for me, I'm sorry, Sarah has had one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I have. I've done it before. <laughs> it's a way a way smaller scale right. compared to yeah. what we're doing now. Like way smaller. Right. <laughs> Is it like terrifying when you like post it and you're just like every day it you know, that number changes and time yeah, starts it's really tiring which is yeah yeah like yeah for t today was a slow day for example well we know it's a marathon so you know mm -hmm. uh it's 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 pretty exciting though like i'd rather be doing this than not doing it <laughs> uh, right right no I, i'm very very happy so far and uh we because we were so kind of scared about this we tried to prepare as much as we could 
with getting the word out and uh, yeah, basically letting people know this game exists before we put it out there. Sure. The worst, the worst feeling is to just like put it out in the void and no one knows about it. Right. Okay, yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of weird. It's in this kind of like this zone where it has this time limit, and it's like how like I saw this from one of the uh, this one uh, somebody from a game company that I had uh, talked to before, and that's how I learned about it. So honestly, I don't know how else I would have learned from it, mm. and you know, so it's interesting, <laughs> and it's already in uh, you know, it's time, you know, time's running out for the Kickstarter, and it's really interesting. Yes. It's like, wow, no, I just saw this, you know, so it's like crazy that, um, you know, through this time, it's gonna grow, more people are gonna see it, and it's uh, not really about like who already knows about it, but how many people are going to learn about it, and that's kind of like that's crazy to think that, um, uh, a Kickstarter can grow in the process so it's interesting that while time goes on uh, your numbers are going to change like drastically yeah especially yeah. like the first uh, 48 hours from what we've read in the last ones are the ones that are super important because okay. the last ones also put some sort of urgency because the project is ending so oh really yeah all, all those like, people all those people who've clicked on like remind me like when yeah. it comes to the end of the project because they haven't decided whether they can afford it or whether they want to back <laughs> it yet. or or understandably some people are like oh it looks cool i got 26 days i'll look at it later so they sure. forget about it that's so, true yeah and yeah yeah which yeah, fair enough. That's why I do it too. But yeah, not if it's my project now. Which, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's pretty like it's it's really awesome for us how you can find basically you can find someone who definitely gets what you do and they really love having a game like that and that feels like so good for us that yeah. we we get to connect with people that they actually love what we do and it's really humbling and really cool like that they're being so nice to us so that has been amazing that's cool so that's really cool yeah i've seen like, no matter what happens this is like you can't take that away oh sure and you know the the people out there that are also developers are going to see what you're no, doing we, we're, we're very lucky to have like a little like we have a really cool like you know a game developer scene that it's it's like most people we know that make those games have already supported us and this is like huge for us this is amazing that's so cool so um really, really cool, yeah. what do you think you guys so once you do get the um access to that money what are some of the um the opportunities that you will get to implement into the game um i mean i i mean it in the way like uh what are uh you know because you said that the money is going to go towards like a programmer right like what other yes. sort of things will it go to no, it's pretty basic so far. I mean, they would go basically to uh, us for having salaries so that we can be able to, to work on this mm -hmm. for not like as uh, part time as we've been doing so far. Mm -hmm. But like, I know it's not like it's not a huge amount to, have to be doing this full time anyway. But if it's our project um, and we have some money, then it's it's good for us, I think, mm -hmm. compared to like we, the alternative. Also, I know you asked ages ago and I kind of um, went off topic, mm -hmm. but you asked about what other members of the team you've got. Right. Because we don't have a programmer, uh -huh. but we do actually have a, um amazing background artist, Matt Frith. Right. Um, and Zach, um, who did the music on the game jam version as well. And they've like done like a lot of work on the game from what you see, like in the trailer and in the, de in the right. demo, but unpaid. Mm -hmm. So like and, we want to actually yeah. be able to pay everyone who's been working on the game That's cool. for the amazing work that they've done. And I'll add Tiana, our uh, voice actor. Yeah, Tiana, of course. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's good we mentioned them after an hour and a half anyway, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Right, I know. They were like, how could they? I'm not listening to this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, so hopefully they're not listening at all. So, that's <laughs> so I saw that you guys uh, tweeted uh, Tim Schaefer. You think, uh, <laughs> you think, did he ever get in contact? Yeah, I know. Yeah, Let me call him up. Yeah. I think he remembers me. We're doing the podcast. Yeah, right. Right. You saw a picture. You're like, I knew it. We have a connection. No, I mean, yeah, it was a bit cheeky, but we thought, yeah, sure, why not? Why not? You know, honestly, I've seen him talk to. I remember when Brutal Legend came out, and I was able, yeah. I was able to get like, uh, I know it sounds like I'm re- like I'm crazy fan, but um. right i know no i messaged him on like the 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 playstation network about like i was like a young kid i'm like oh you should have this music in brutal legend and he like messaged me back he's like oh no i know we were trying and i'm just like why do you have the time to talk to like a 14 year old (laughs) like i just think that's like great i thought it was great but no it's cool yeah i'm i bring that up because i think it's uh He's you know really out there with the community. No, it's actually yeah. It's also true that I saw him reply to some people on Twitter and was like, oh, maybe he will reply to. Yeah, it. it's yeah. not like he's not like you know Bill Gates yeah, or anything yeah, like that. Exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. Which is our next stop. <laughs> right. <laughs> maybe he'll program the game for you. I think. Hey, Bill, <laughs> I got a PC. Is my uh, life. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> So, um, where can we find you guys online, and uh, when can we expect the game? Uh, you can find us on, we've got a website, which is um, therapodsgame.com. Yes. That's correct, right? <laughs> um, we're on, on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram as um, therapodsgame. Yeah, we're in Kickstarter as Theropods. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Theropods, an adventure game full of dinosaurs, is our title there. Awesome. Yeah. And yeah, and, we uh, plan to hopefully have the game come out in uh, 2021. Is the yes. the date that we've set, but you know how these oh, things yeah, go. We're gonna try. Our yeah, best. but but we we yeah we we would have said a year, but it's a lie. So we'll have another <laughs> one and uh, and see what happens. That's why everybody yeah, seems we, to we were talking. Yeah, we were talking with a developer who has already released a couple of games, and we said, "Yeah, we think in a year." And he said, "Oh, finish the game in a year." And like the look in his eyes, uh, you know, predicted. <laughs> so, so we we thought again. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. At the moment, we have twenty three days to go. At the moment of recording, I guess this, uh-huh. and yeah. uh, we're one third of the way there. So, if people like our voices and our opinions, and you know, the game and all that, uh, they could. Uh, they could maybe support us, and that would be amazing. Awesome. Well, I'll be for, sure to tell all my friends and tell oh, them they have to play the dinosaur point-and-click game. But they, yeah, and we got a demo out, which is free, so anyone can play that. Right? Yeah, there you go. Only, cool. only for PC, though, sadly. But yeah. Oh, that's okay. It's they'll they everyone's got that PC. I think they'll. They, I'll share. I'll share mine. How about that? Oh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And, you know, I just I made this because I uh, want people to know the the developers behind the games that we, you know, we love and see. So to get a better, you know, in-depth idea on 
how it all works. So I no, it's really it. awesome. Thank you for inviting us, and it's really yeah, cool from you. our perspective to listen to other game devs, you know, who do adventure games and right, right. Up. Hey, there you yeah, go. Yeah, it's it's a different nerdy process for us. Yeah, yeah right. Awesome. I know. Well, thank you guys. Thank you. Good luck on the campaign, and uh, you guys have a successful launch or well, a successful development of the game. Yeah, ending. Thank you. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll see you guys later. Okay, bye. Okay. Thank you. Bye. bye.